Stevenson, and this is Light On, Light Through, episode 36, and a very special episode this week in which we consider new questions that arise in the aftermath of the sensational season finale of Lost that was on this past Wednesday. Now, not to crow over this, but you may recall that last week when I was giving my season predictions, my finale predictions, I said that I thought that the flashbacks would be flipping into flash forwards. And that's exactly what happened in that spectacular finale, the two-hour finale that was on last Wednesday evening. Now, I won't go over the details of that. You can read all about it online. Instead, I thought I'd devote this podcast to considering the new questions that have arisen in the light of that extraordinary season finale. Well, first, as I said, there has been a flip from flashbacks into flash-forwards. So an important question is, how far in the future did the action that we saw in Los Angeles, how far in the future was that? When was that taking place? Now, it clearly was sometime after the last scene that we saw on the island. But is it, for example, just a couple of months afterwards, a couple of years? People on the web have been claiming that if you look very carefully at the newspaper that Jack has on the plane, it uh, has an April 2007 date. I haven't confirmed that myself, but the Los Angeles Times, and I'll put a link to this uh, in the Light On, Light Through show notes, says that, yeah, they recognize their newspaper. It's an April 2007 newspaper. Now, whether or not the producers of Lost intended that newspaper to be giving the fans a clue as to when the action was really taking place, I have no idea. Perhaps they were. Perhaps it was just accidentally included in the screenshots. Well, we'll find out, of course, in season four. There is no doubt that Jack looks a little older, and so does Kate in the scene at the very end of the finale. In fact, Kate actually looks more different than she did on the island than Jack does. So I would say there's no doubt that we're talking at least two, three years into the future. And it's interesting to think about what that last scene is in the unfolding story of Lost. One possibility is it could be at the very end of the story, and everything that we see in the next few years will be leading up to it. Or, at the other end of the continuum, it could be the very next thing in the story, and we're going to see the action move forward from uh, that particular time. Well, again, we'll see next spring when Lost resumes. A second question that a lot of people are thinking about is who's in that coffin? When Jack goes into the funeral home, there's a coffin. He tells the funeral director it's neither a friend nor a member of the family. It's obviously something that upsets Jack. The funeral home is in an African-American neighborhood in Los Angeles. So some people have suggested, well, that maybe that means that it's Michael in the coffin. But there are many possibilities. Could be John Locke. It could be Ben. One interesting area of investigation has focused on the newspaper clipping 
that Jack tears out of the newspaper. And there have been various enhancements and blow-ups of that clipping on the web. And it does look as if uh, the, the first letter of the first name is J. And the last few letters of the second name are T-H-A-M. And some people have suggested, well, maybe it's Jeremy Bentham, who, of course, is not yet a character in Lost, but he is a rather well-known philosopher. And he would fit right in there with the names John Locke, Desmond David Hume, Mikhail Buchanan, Rousseau, and so forth. So at this point, it's uh, an interesting question. Other people think they see the name John Latham. In either of those two cases, we don't yet know the character, although it could be a character we know who, for whatever reason, is using an alias. So this is an interesting thing to think about as well. Now, in that last scene, Kate tells Jack that she has to get going because he'll be wondering where I am. That's Kate talking. Who is the he that she's talking about there? Well, the obvious choice is Sawyer. But precisely because that's so obvious, maybe it isn't Sawyer. But then again, in these double-double twists that Law seems to enjoy doing, maybe because we think it's Sawyer, and then say, no, it's not Sawyer because it's too obvious, we may well wind up seeing that Sawyer after all. Some people have suggested it need not be a romantic relationship. Maybe her baby will miss her, or a toddler. That certainly makes sense. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, though, so it's not likely that her toddler would be up but certainly a baby home uh, with a babysitter or whatever could miss her as well. It could be someone uh, completely not again on Lost now. It could be a new character. Some people have suggested Ben. I don't see Kate marrying or having any kind of relationship with Ben. But there are people other than Sawyer who might be possible. Certainly Saeed is someone that could be romantically involved with Kate after they get off the island. Although the problem with Saeed is that he still loves Nadia and he probably still feels something for Shannon as well. So this is an interesting question that needs looking into also. Well, switching gear a little bit, let's go back to the island Who is Naomi's boss? You may recall that Naomi first tells Desmond that she was sent looking for him by Penny, who, of course, is uh, Desmond's true love. But we find out in the finale that Naomi has no connection to Penny. So how then did Naomi get that photograph of Penny and Desmond? Well, I'm putting my money on Charles Widmore, Penny's father, who did not like Desmond and Penny and obviously wanted to do anything he could to keep them apart, to break them up. But more than that, I think there's a good likelihood that Charles Widmore has something to do with the Hanso Foundation. And in fact, I'd go so far as to say, and it's not sticking my neck out all that much because I think this is a pretty obvious point, but it needs mentioning that the ship that's off the coast of the island, that ship is probably a Dharma ship, probably therefore connected to the Hansen Foundation, and probably therefore also something that Charles Widmore has something to do with. So I think that it's a pretty good guess that Naomi was working for Charles Widmore. 
And last for now, what's up with Mikael? Is he immortal? You may recall Mikael survives going through that high-voltage perimeter, comes back an episode or two later, seeming none the worse for it, really. And in the finale, Desmond looks like he kills Mikael with a dart, and yet Mikael seems good as new out there in the water, leering at Charlie with that hand grenade in his hand. So is Mikael immortal? Well, there's no doubt that the island seems to have powerful recuperative strength. For example, John Locke, in that same finale, after having been shot nearly to death by Ben, gets up out of that pit and he regains his feet, as well as seeming not all that bad off for having been shot. And you may recall that Rose's cancer went into remission. That's not such an extraordinary thing. That, of course, does happen in the real outside world. But clearly, Locke and Mikael seem to be deriving some kind of powerful healing benefits from the island. But it's important to point out that by no means does the island have that effect on everyone. Consider the people who've died on the island. Boone. Shannon, Nikki and Paolo, Echo. I mean, you know, the list just goes on and on. All the others. Tom died in the past episode, Ethan early on. There have been a lot of nameless others who have been killed. So clearly the island uh, is very selective in the immortality it doles out, if that's what's going on. Now, another possibility is time travel. Wherever Desmond is involved, we have to consider the possibility of time travel uh, because Desmond obviously has some kind of connection to the future and the past, for that matter. Maybe it's not just visions. And if there is time travel afoot in Lost, then certainly we could imagine an earlier version of Mikhail jumping forward in time each time a version of him gets killed, and then the early version just replaces the new version. Another possibility along those same lines, although we've seen no evidence of this at all, is cloning. Maybe there's a bank of Mikhail clones, and for that matter, John Locke clones, but just focusing on Mikhail, and every time Mikhail is killed, a new clone goes out there. But then there would be a need to educate those clones so they would be up to speed on what Mikhail was doing. Well, I certainly wouldn't put it past Dharma to have some kind of mind injection procedure which would be able to, in effect, get a brain thoroughly up to speed. But, again, we've seen no evidence of that at all. What we have seen evidence of is a great comeback by Lost. I thought the season finale was one of the best season finales ever to have been on television. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, season four, which will be back in 2008. The Light on Light Through podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease.com. And now a word from our new sponsor, Go to My PC. Communication theorists know that there are two kinds of information that we need to thrive in this world. One kind of information comes from the mass media, newspapers, radio, television. The other is information that we ourselves may create or write. Now you can get the information on radio and television and the internet just about anywhere. 
So what do you do when you have some very valuable information that's on your home computer and you're out there traveling somewhere, maybe across town, across the country, Use Go to My PC and you'll discover the power and freedom of the web. Try it free right now for 30 days with unlimited access. For this special offer, just visit gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. That's gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. You are listening to a Runaway Network podcast from runawaynetwork.com. Yes, indeed, and the LightOnLightThrough.com podcast is now proud to be part of two networks, the Blueberry Network, which is sweet, and the Runaway Network, which is very edgy. And in fact, you'll find a lot of sweet and edgy stuff in the LightOnLightThrough.com podcast. I still think those inexplicable coincidences in the flashbacks hold the key to what's really happening on Lost. Walt appeared, not Michael as I predicted, but was Walt really on the island, or was this just one of its visions, which came at a crucial time for Locke? It's the ancient paradox of the liar. If everything he says is a lie, what does it mean when he admits that he lies? You can never believe what he says, and sometimes that can lead to dangerous, deadly results. A very different kind of pace, with a very different kind of surprise ending. That's the sweet music of our promo suite. That means we're coming to the end of this episode of Light On, Light Through. But coming up, you'll hear a great promo for Mike Thinks. MikeThinks.com, the savviest podcast in town. Go over and take a listen. You'll definitely enjoy it. And you'll hear a promo for Sean Farrell's patio book of my first novel, The Silk Code. I just spoke to Sean the other day. I think there are only two more weeks of episodes coming. And then after that, there'll be a special concluding episode of Sean's patio book in which he interviews me. And you'll also hear a promo for the Punk Horror Podcast as well. So listen, it's been great talking to you. I look forward to talking to you next time. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy. the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com.
Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past, and join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Join the battle, witness the wonder, or forever be victim to the awe and power of the Silk Code. Phil D'Amato is ready. Are you? Punk Horror Podcast, coming to you every other week from Punk Horror Press, featuring The Punk and the Pastor, a movie review show featuring David Giannis and Stacey Campbell, and author Red Fiction, featuring the best in horror and punk fiction. Don't miss it. Subscribe now at www.punkhorror.com.